The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. I want to start off by saying this episode is not a paid commercial for Koros Watches. I am receiving no compensation whatsoever, no discounts, nothing. But the interesting thing about Koros Watches was you see them everywhere now, right? You go on trail and ultra running Facebook pages and people talk about, hey, what watch should I buy? And two or three years ago, the only answer was either Garmin or Sunto. And you look at races two or three years ago, right? Up to a decade ago. You look on the wrists of people all around you and you would see Garmin or Sunto. Now, you see Koros watches. And what's interesting to me is how do you come from out of nowhere and suddenly end up on a quarter of the wrists at all these races? How do you go from, you know, unknown two years ago to having a devoted, loyal fan base? I will say that I was in the market for a, a new running watch recently. And after doing all the research, I bought and paid full price for a Koros Apex watch. So to find out the story behind this brand, we have the CEO of Koros, who also happens to be a trail and ultra runner himself. Lewis Wu is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Lewis. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. I'm uh, very fortunate to work with this company, and uh, I'm even happier when I saw your wrist has an Apex. Right. How was your experience so far? How do you uh, like it? A couple of days, and it's it's been really pretty good, Lewis. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is I think it's unusual um, and rare for the CEO of, of a company to be the customer base as well. You're a trail and ultra runner. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you Were you a trail and ultra runner before you got the, the gig, or were you after? Uh, I would say before. That's how I, you know, that's one of the reasons that we could think building a Coros brand in the watch industry was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Just because most of the people in our team, they are either a runner or a climber, but most of them are just outdoor enthusiasts. We just enjoy living or training in the outdoors. And then because we have the access to the technology, we feel like it's, well, it's going to be something really fun. Did you did you drop that in the interview process when the board was talking to you about Lewis? We may <laughs> want to bring you on as a CEO. Were you like, well, you know, guys, I am an ultra runner. Was that something you brought up in the interview? Well, let me give credit to Garmin. I was wearing a Garmin watch when I did that interview. How about that? <laughs> and the board specific called out. Okay, we recognize you because you're wearing a Garmin nine nine thirty five. Yeah, that was the time. Yeah. That was a ballsy yeah, move. Enough. That was a yeah, ballsy yeah. move, Lewis, to walk into a Koros interview wearing a Garmin. Well, I have no access to a Koros watch. <laughs> that, by that time, there's no watch available for Koros at all. So that's why. Well, okay. 
Let's talk about your running journey for a second. So many people find trail and ultra running, uh, Lewis, in interesting ways. Some people find it to lose weight. Some people find it to battle addiction. Some people find it because, you know, they're road runners and they meet some weirdo trail runners. And the next thing you know, they're hooked. How did you uh, get involved in trail and ultra running? Well, how about let me take a step back. How about let me tell you, I hate running at the beginning. Okay. I've been a outdoor, you know, either athletes or, you know, being in outdoor as a hobby for a very, very long time. Yeah. Like almost like 15 years or so. But I was into running only for the recent probably five years just because I hate running. <laughs> um, it was and a, another credit to Garmin. I bought a Garmin watch. Actually, a friend of mine gave me a RER gift card yeah. for my birthday. So I went and shopped around and got a Garmin watch. And actually, I love the data. I love being able to see like how many miles I've run this week. You know, what's the longest mile so far? Blah blah blah. I still remember my first 10k in my neighborhood. Like how desperate I was <laughs> <laughs> for my first 10k. I was holding my breath really, really hard. I was very accomplished for myself. Like I finished at 10k. And then, you know, I keep running, I keep building probably a better base for my aerobic endurance. I enjoy the feeling of I can run further and further for each week, pretty much. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, but for the topic of road running versus trail running, I would say it's, it's more of my personality. I just enjoy being in the mountains. Um, not I hate road running, but I just feel a mountain is more track for me. And I like long endurance, like type of activities. Like I do some climbing too. Yeah. And then the type of climbing I do is also long endurance, long days in the mountains, not the short single pitch of powerful moves. Um, I don't know why it's just my personality or maybe I was beaten too much in those power competition. Like I lost so many opportunities. <laughs> I turned it into more of a longer run. <laughs> Um, but I believe that long run is something make your personality, personal life successful as well as a business successful because a lot of things are long. Okay. So, so basically you decided you weren't very good at the short, fast stuff. So you're like, yeah. I'll, I'll take you longer. You may beat me in the 5K or the 10K, <laughs> but I'm going to yeah, take you longer. I will take you in the 100 mile, right? Uh, well, I, I don't think I was that competitive. <laughs> I just enjoy being out myself. Um, but yeah, probably. I always, always lost in the 5K races. How about that? <laughs> I, I love that you, you like to, to go run in the mountains to be by yourself for a while. Mm -hmm. You love the long climbs to be by yourself and to be in nature yeah, usually climbing requires two people. Okay, right? so you got you, you got someone that you trust and like, right? But there's sure. it, it's not a whole lot of people. That's that's yeah. quite different than being the the CEO of a company that you're you're dealing with people constantly. Mm -hmm. That's 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 is that is that your break from the day to day running of a company is going out and actually running? Uh I'm not sure about the answer. I think I'm a very people person. I have a, I mean, I've. I have pretty good people skill, so I can speak in front of tons of people. So I like connecting with my team. I, you know, I have tons of friends. Um, but I, I'm on the other side. I'm not very, again, not very competitive. Hey, I want to be run faster than right, you. And right. we all know, like in a troll race, it's not like you're a better runner. You always win. 
there's always a chance you hit something unexpected, the nutrition didn't go well, or the night falls earlier than you expected, or you hit a rock and you just had an injury. Right. Tons of stuff. Lots of variables can happen. There's more variables in a 50-mile trail race than there are in in a 5K. And that guy that showed you up in the 5K, he could stub his toe 30 miles in, and and then you got him. That's right. That's probably right. Now, Lewis, you grew up in China, and then when did you move here to the States? Uh, 2010? Yeah, 2010. Okay, so 10, years. so 10 years here in the States. Did you go to college here in the States? or No, I had a college over at China. Okay. Um, and it was a company transfer, actually. It was a Chinese company that sent me here to start the U.S. or North America business, and it was pretty fun, and to find something even more interesting. Very, very cool. So... How do you get Koros on your radar, and when did you get involved with the company? Uh, 2017, like a year before I, I joined a team, because Koros was here before me. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, the main product was the cycling helmet, the smart cycling helmet, as yeah. you may know. Uh, but watch is a complete different business than a cycling helmet, and then that's how I you know, I feel this is more interesting. It's a lot more fun. Um, just for a personal career decision perspective, my previous company or the one that I grew up with mm-hmm. was more of, you know, it's a technology company. It's consumer electronics. But the main advantage of that company is actually, I should say, a supply chain advantage, or the cost advantage, right? They gotcha. produce great products. It's awesome. It's number one global market share, but it's just not fun enough. Because what I wanted to build is I want to contribute myself to a team or to a business or a career that I can build a brand. Because brand is beyond just a product. Brand right. is about the connection with our consumers. Brand is about what additional value consumer can get aside from on top of your features. Right. right? It's also about a trust from the consumer. I just feel like that's very intriguing for me mm-hmm. and i want to explore that i've heard it described as a promise wrapped in an addictive experience is what a, what a what a brand would be and uh wh- right. wh- when was the decision made because you, you mentioned it that koros uh got into the into the business of like doing smart cycling helmets mm-hmm. how do you guys go from making smart cycling helmets which sounds like something i'd fall off my bike and hit my head and it wouldn't be smart anymore. It'd be about as dumb as I am. Uh, but but how, how do you, how'd you guys go from bicycle helmets mm-hmm. to watches? Um, well, one behind the theme background is our main investor. They actually, they are one of the largest car GPS manufacturers. Okay. So they don't, they don't have a consumer brand, but okay. they actually, they, they measure the car, the thing like every car is now has GPS, the, the panel that you have. Right. The screen. Um, so we have access to that technology. And basically what we did is we feel like, hey, that's a more of an industry standard technology. It's very solid. It's very reliable. You barely see a car GPS fail. Um, but what if we take that into a consumer device, right? But right. what we do additionally is how do we build a brand? How do we make sure this technology is being accepted by the consumer What they are very comfortable at Garmin or Suunto, you know, whatever they have right now. That's the interesting part. 
So, so how did you guys decide to do that? Like what was step one is you come into a board meeting and say, Hey guys, we got some investors. One of our big investors is mm-hmm. a GPS company for automobiles. Right. I think we should make watches for runners. Is that how it went down? And did, did well, they all look at you crazy or? It's, it's difficult to you know, describe the story step one, two, three, but mm-hmm. what I can tell you is, Hey, if we got all those resources, what will we do? What shall we do to make ourselves successful? And there are plenty of directions, plenty of options. Like if you have GPS, you can also make, what if a GPS tracker or fitness tracker or Fitbit style products? Yeah. Or how about a smartwatch where you can get your software from Google and make Android products? Mm-hmm. That's all possible. But in the end, we have a very clear idea of what should we do or that's probably the only way we are going to be successful is we have to focus in an area that's niche enough that those giant companies are not very very interested like you would never imagine an apple will invest in endurance chill running watch it's just too small for them right and meanwhile it's deep enough for a company to go deeper and deeper because you have endurance you have training you have, you know, the training by heart rate or training by power, and you have all kinds of stuff. Like you are in the consumer electronics, but when you get in, you are essentially an outdoor or performance sports company. That opens up a completely new area of industry that you never touched. And like it, so that's we feel like that's the only way cars is going to be successful. We are not going to be successful making general wearables just because the cost advantage is zero. Like we don't have any cost advantage. Like right. you know, Fitbit can get 10X cheaper product than us, right? They just right. build it up, they sell it to channels. So that's, you know, that's what we think. And plus everybody in our team is truly, we are just runners. We love talking to runners and we actually enjoy working in a community. Like I can tell you it's completely different experience when you're talking to a running store owner. Yeah versus a consumer electronics store owner. It's just completely different. How, how is it different, Lewis? Well, around, it's apparently in this community, a running store owner, they can be a business owner, can be running himself. Some mm-hmm. people has a running club, they're the president of a running club, and it can be a YouTube reviewer because they do some gear review by himself. Yeah. And it can be a coach. So like one people just carry multiple hats and all the hats are related to running. And we oftentimes, you know, in the running running meeting or running store meeting we just go off a run like let's go off a conversation paced run (laughs) and then let's have some fun instead you have suit up ties coffee everything you know in the meeting room with a consumer trucks electronics buyer like everything has to be scheduled everything has to be very normal you're gonna be careful on each slide you're gonna make talking about numbers like business negotiations I hope I explained that well. Yeah. I'm just, talking to friends, talking to someone, like right. your enemy. I, I just picture you, Lewis, going into a running store in your Koros t-shirt. Like, hi, I'm I'm Lewis Wu. Okay. I'm the right there. You got one on. Uh, I'm Lewis Wu. I'm the CEO of Koros Watches. I'd like to talk to you. Do you, you want to go for a run? And and you go into a store like Rogue Valley Runners, which is owned by Hal Corner, who's got a couple of Western States cougars, and him being like, Yeah, let's go for a run. 
and then having to keep up with with the western states when they're like oh boy this is more than i have more than i bargained for <laughs> right 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 well it, it's it's actually very very fun well and actually you know good thing is one people in the running community can introduce you to 20 people mm-hmm. of their friends and each friend has 10 rows like essentially just know 200 people immediately right so it never happens in the consumer electronics industry i was kind of hoping that the story behind koros because one of the things you guys are known for is is your battery life and that's what everybody Mm -hmm. talks about is is your battery life and uh the one that i have the uh apex 46 millimeter has 35 hours of gps on full tracking not the Mm -hmm. you know every second not compromise anything right full tracking for 35 hours and i was kind of hoping the story was that you were at a race maybe <laughs> a long trail race and have you you've seen people at races where they have to put a strap on their mm-hmm. arm that has a battery pack in it right, right, right. and then Saw they that. plug their watch into the battery packs they can charge their mm-hmm. watch while they're running and i was just i was imagining you lewis Wu, in the middle of a race it's the middle of the night your garmin is got like two minutes of battery left and you're trying to strap on that that battery wristband and trying to hook it up to your watch and you just said never again i will i am going to solve this problem a, a tv show for this that's gonna be a great episode for a tv show let's do that never yeah. never again i will never plug in a battery pack to my watch ever again um but that that the story is, is good regardless if, okay. if it was wasn't that or anything but what made you guys decide to want to market to trail and ultra running uh, runners because that that really is a, a, a niche market mm-hmm. lewis well it's funny you you, ha- you you pictured that garmin story even though today garmin has a charging station in utmb Great marketing, you know, people all have passed by your charging station, but I don't know if the message is good enough. The car of you never need a charging station in a hundred mile race, just go for it. When, when, someone, when, when, you, when someone asks you like, well, hey there, Lewis, uh, why don't you have a charging station at UTMB? You're like, I Look don't all need one. Garmin guys, they are sitting there charging their watch, let's go, <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy to get to the trail running community. I mean, I, I consider myself lucky because one is I'm a trail runner myself, so mm-hmm. it's easier to connect your own, you know, favorite sports with your business. Yeah. But on the other side, the battery life is just one of the most demanding features or specs a trail runner could ask for. Right? Yeah. People just hate to run with the battery pack. Um, yeah. So I guess it's a very natural combination and uh, we are just lucky to find this area too um and honestly i don't think many companies support the trail running community as we did at the beginning like it just seems like and being ignored like a lot of brands in marathon road running mm-hmm. a lot of brands are supporting the like the olympics fast running right. short distance too uh you know trail running it's a great combination in between running and mountain sports. And then it's great in that field, like requires a tons of battery. Um, so yeah, we just decided and it worked out really, really well. So the pace was your first watch and that was more of a standard, like a marathoner's watch or mm-hmm. a, a road runner's watch. What mm-hmm. was the, the process, like, like the idea to do a watch, what is the process then to actually start designing one 
and bring mm-hmm. one to market. We'll start with the pace. How did you guys, right, right. what was the story behind that one? Sure. Um, how about let me address one question. You'll probably ask me too. Okay. What did we do to make the better life so phenomenal? Okay, well, right. yeah, let's get the secret sauce there. I, I didn't know if you <laughs> wanted to spill the secret sauce well, in case anyone's listening, Lewis, and they steal all your secrets. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a secret. And there's nothing fancy, nothing at all, right? <laughs> I Oftentimes, I talk to my team. I told them, like, we are not smarter than Garmin anyways. You know, Garmin has great products. They've doing business for a long time. They have much longer experience than us. Yeah. Why we can achieve such a longer life in a such compact size is simply because we are younger than them. So think about a house, an old house with all kinds of furniture there. You want to move in, you have to clean out everything and bring your new furniture in, or you have put things in into the right place. While moving to a new house, all empty, just bring your stuff in and you, you're good to go. So the challenge for Garmin, they did nothing wrong. They're just getting older, right? right. That's their challenge. And they have so many stuff, software, you know, algorithm here and there. They have different departments arguing against each other. Hey, I want to keep this feature. I don't want to remove that feature. So just in a simple way, it's too complicated to do a house cleaning. Right. Than building a new house. And luckily we are in this like a mobile world. Like the first product, the first platform that we build is just based on mobile. Right. Garmin and other older brands, they are trying to switch a PC type of operation system into a small mobile experience. So that makes things more crowded, less user friendly. And, and up until now, we still have yet have a, a desktop solution, which is a <laughs> unfortunately, but we're working on that. But when we decide to do things on mobile, the experience is just completely different. Like we require no USB cable and nothing on that's how everything can be done on a mobile. Okay, so what Only you're also because we knew. Okay, so what you're saying is the older watches, there's so much of a foundation built there in the software itself mm-hmm. that that's a lot of things that eat up a lot of battery life. That's be- right. Because it's a much exactly. bigger code and, and it's a lot more device. Yeah, uh, that's you the know. easiest way to describe it. Okay, and so since you were like you were able to to kind of step back and go, I want this, I want this, I don't want this, I don't want that. You're able to kind of build from the ground up. That's right. And, and was- we're able to pick the most important features for runners or for athletes. Um, you know, everybody make mistakes. Garmin probably has made some mistakes in the on their long journey. Say this should never be in there. Right, it should be removed. But if since it's already in there, like it's just difficult to remove. And we're lucky to be able to pick those features at the very beginning. Do you think too, as a as a as a younger company, and you guys haven't been around that long? I mean, God, you've been making watches for for a handful of years. Are you more agile than a than a bigger company because you don't have so much tradition and so much? Um, we were talking about earlier all the software and everything built that mm-hmm. way. You're able to kind of move a little faster with the uh with with the, with the industry you're trying to target because i've noticed um a couple of people saying like i get firmware updates on my watch and something i complained about to to koros two weeks ago is fixed in his firmware update mm-hmm. do you think being such a small young company you are more agile and able to do stuff like that for sure that's one of the advantages that we have uh, but I think the key thing is we are very, very focused in the area that we're in. 
So to run a company, you know, or to run a start startup company, it's actually not about something you do. It's about something you refuse to do yeah. or something you don't. So we've stepped away complete, almost completely from those lifestyle features. And we'll only focus on those features that can bring the experience of a runner athlete, you know, how do we help them to train more efficiently? How do we help them to uh, train safely, you know, injury free, you know, are those recovery things? That's the, the only thing that we do. Everything has to be around that. Um, that's why we can, you know, we have less, the shorter experience than the other companies mm-hmm. but meanwhile we have actually more in-depth thought than them probably what was uh, that what was some of those lifestyle features you're talking about that you you didn't put in the watch were there some that you were thinking of bringing like do we want this and decide against because of a drain on battery life mm-hmm. it's, it's always very difficult actually when you try to build new features bring new features into a watch while still keep it simple Mm-hmm. Simplicity is one of our core, you know, value or core advantage. But you just can't put this outside of a packaging. <laughs> Everybody call themselves it's simple product, but right. sure it's not. We have many many arguments internally about how to put a setting. You know, how to take it or how to remove it. Like give an example, people sometimes people complain, hey, you don't have a discard uh, option after workout, right? Because what we found is we actually, we do have a discard option if the workout has been accidentally started within a minute. Right. So right? You, actually get your minute, watch, you yeah. can discard it. But if it's longer than a minute, you probably just have to sync, sync to your phone because there's no option. Right. Well, we've read through all tons of data. Actually, there's almost like zero you know, 0.1% or even smaller chance, you know, when, once people get used to how to use a watch, they will make, they will make an accident, accidentally a workout. They right. don't, but if you want to have this discard features over there, that means all the features, all the users for every single workout, they have to press one more time. Mm-hmm. We just feel it's not worth for most of the users. If not, you're not going to make a mistake. You know, I want to save your time. I want to make our products easier right um you know those complaints are always from a new user when they are still trying in the learning curve but uh right. once they get used to it they, they know it um so would you say your brand yeah. promise uh, uh, sorry is your brand promise the battery life is that the thing that you're like that's that is our we are dying on the hill of battery life and we're not going to compromise that i don't think so we can you know battery life we are the absolute leader for battery life mm-hmm. but you know people can catch up with the new technology coming with the next generation new version of the battery garmin is able to probably get a very nice battery life too in fact we found them their latest phoenix 6 pro watch mm-hmm. i forgot the actual model but it's most expensive version yeah they also claiming 60 hours in GPS with a term up to. Okay. I don't know why they picked that number, but uh, they probably pick it because our flagship watch also has a 50, a 60 hour GPS lifetime right. Right. without the up to. So that's a difference. Something with up to and something without up to is completely different. Right. Uh, but, you know, we, we enjoy the benefit to your question, to the benefit of being the leader of better life, but we don't think this is something going to hold us forever right and one day this will go away then we can we should always have something new okay. to come in 
to become the key features of the key highlights of the company of the products. Okay, can we go back to a second? I, I, what interests me is is the is the is the product of. You have the idea. Sure. And let's, you know, I said, let's go with the pace, but the pace is not an ultra runner's mm-hmm. watch. Let's go with the Apex. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Apex is a ultra trail runner's watch designed specifically mm-hmm. for that person. What is sure. the process from, okay, I have this idea for an ultra runner's watch. Um, maybe we could call it the Apex if no one else has taken that name. Wait a minute. No one else has taken that name yet? Okay, get that mm-hmm. trademarked immediately. Uh, from that point, to getting it to market, what is that process? So we, yeah, at the very beginning when we started the company, we actually have already laid out Pace, Apex, Apex Pro, Vertex, mm-hmm. all the everything in the roadmap. You know, targeting different audience. Uh, while Vertex is for extreme mountain expedition, Apex in the middle of a fast light mountain activity. Right. While Pace is more for competitive road sports. So we've laid that out already and then we pick different material like for a mountain sports you need some very solid material that's why we picked the safari glass mm-hmm. we feel it's it's working and then we picked it picked the titanium case only because we want to make it lighter there right. was actually m- multiple versions before this titanium version that we tested we have prototype and assembled it out you know you know stainless steel is just too heavy let's forget about it and then the next version this doesn't look good we forgot about it it, it happens even even now when we develop the next generation of new hardware we've let go many of the old version of the hardware so the hardware pick is actually the number one thing when we plan new products make sure we pick the right hardware the right hardware spec right i mean meanwhile leave enough space for future growth of the software so that's a key thing like i think we have a little bit different business philosophy than most of the other mm-hmm. hardware companies uh, we sell the hardware and then we keep bringing new features to our hardware like even there's i mean there's a consumer called us like a watch company similar to Tesla. Yeah. You bought a car and then you keep receiving new updates. Right, which is what I talked um, about earlier with those firmware updates where you know someone right. says something about, oh, I don't like the backlight's not not bright enough. And then the next thing you know, a week later, the backlight's bright enough because I don't know if you're listening. If you if you have like a, I don't know if you have a Facebook page called like Wuus Lu or something where it's, <laughs> and, you, and you go to all these pages and see what people are saying undercover. And then you bring these ideas into the meeting. Oh, guys, we got to yeah. get this fixed. Well, I'm I'm actually very active on uh, on our own Facebook group okay. <laughs> with the real name. <laughs> people know me, and they always tag me. You know, I got too many notifications when I when I open my Facebook account, so I almost don't open it until I'm down, almost down for the day. You know, last ten minutes, right? I'll probably open the Facebook and then check it out. So don't yeah, you won't find right Lewis, you won't find Lewis Wu on Facebook under the name Dan Garman. You know, <laughs> <laughs> would you consider? Um, your, your design philosophy, is it form over function or is it function over form? What's, what's more important? Well, well, as I said, the, the function or the spec of the hardware is the number one thing. We mm-hmm. want to increase the capacity as much as we can so people can receive their new features for a longer period of time. Um, that's why like Pace, we've announced Pace has will stop receiving new firmware update about um, two months ago. Yeah. Uh, because we feel to be obligated to tell the consumer, like, before you decide to buy a new pace, here we go. 
because this product is designed three years ago, it has reached its power limit. So I don't want to buy it and you bought it and you found this new, uh, no new updates and then you feel regret about it. So that's uh, like one take care of, of how people feel about a brand. Um, um, does that mean you got something new coming out? Is that? Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. I can tell you, I don't know when will you publish this, uh, this episode, but uh, we do have a next generation of pace coming out. Okay, very cool. I'm looking around your, I can see in your office there, looking around for any prototypes. I'm doing a good job to hide this. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, there's this great story of Steve Jobs when they were designing the first iPod and they mm -hmm. brought him one of the later prototypes and he said to, he said to them, okay, I like it. And they said, well, this is a, this is, you know, this is a, a huge leaps in miniaturization technology. And he goes, it's too big. And they said, Steve, we can't, we can't make it any smaller. This is like, this is as small as it's going to get. And he goes, no, you can make it smaller. And he picked up this prototype and he threw it in the fish tank and he's, and, and there's bubbles coming up out of the prototype. And he said, you see those bubbles in there? That means there's more space and you can make it smaller. Did you have a iPod in the fish tank moment during the design process of the Apex? Uh, I don't think I have that fancy of story with Steve Jobs um, and our watch watches are waterproof, so you probably cannot see that. Even there's room in a watch. Uh, so yeah, but uh, definitely we've changed. We've had those tiny little uh, discussion. For example, where should the barometer little hole of the yeah. barometer uh, sensor? Where should it locate it? Should I yeah. locate it in a place where people can see it? Or people, we should put it on a sideways so people can see a complete round of the bo watch body without seeing that hole. So there's multiple discussions on this and where the charging port should be located. Um, I don't know if you remember, let me show you. Um, the the Apex watch you have, yeah. you actually you see uh, the charging pin. Yeah. Um, we only have three pins here when Garmin has four pins. Okay. That's three pin. Actually, we put a fourth pin around this the port. Oh. So it's still a four pin, but the fourth pin is rounded. That saves the, the room. That saves the room for our, you know, a little bit different uh, uh, extra for our watch battery. So, you know, those tiny little things, you know, people, if you don't know this, you probably, hey, Carlos is using a similar port than got me. No, actually, we use a better port uh, just because there's tiny improvement that we can make. Um, and there's multiple versions of uh, the watch band. Like you just see it's a silicon band. But in right. fact, their consumers say, I just want to buy the Coros original band because your band feels so much better. Right. And uh, we can go through diff many different versions of the band prototype just to, to finalize one. It has to look good. It has to be you know, stylish. It has to be soft enough and it has to be strong enough that I can, I can hold a dumbbell with this band just just hold this uh, the weight of the you know, I'm not going to ask you to prove that I was going to say if you, I was going to ask you if I you have a, a picture, <laughs> <you> know, <I> <laughs> have. <laughs> but, but so you decide on that final um, mm -hmm. design for, for the apex and you know you, you, you threw it in the fish tank Lewis and then they're like oh it's waterproof so no bubbles are going to come out <laughs> um, but so that process of okay here is the final apex and you bring that to market. 
for you who's seen this thing, it's almost got to be like raising a child where you're involved in the day-to-day design and making those decisions. And there's hard decisions that you have to make. Do you leave those lifestyle features out? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what do we have to do and sacrifices we make for this, this, and this. And then it hits the market. And then you, what was it like when you, when you saw the reaction that your product that you, you saw the prototypes, Lewis, we didn't see all the early prototypes of your baby that you Mm -hmm. took it from an idea to the market. Mm -hmm. How did it feel when it finally came to market? And then you saw how people were responding to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So usually there are two types of responses. One is about hardware and one is about the software. Yeah. Um, we are actually very fortunate enough to barely anybody complain about hardware just because the standard of our hardware production is so much higher. Like I can share with you in one of the next generation watches that we developed, it just happened a month ago. We've actually manufactured about 500 to 1,000 pilot production watches already until we feel like this batch doesn't work. We have to start over. Right. And then if you take a look at the 500 watches, just by use your bare air, air, just see it. You don't see any of the problems at all, but we have a strict standard internally seeing this doesn't work. So by the time we have the product meeting our expectations sent out, it's, it's way beyond the expectation of a regular consumer, what you can see. So it's very good industry standard. Right. So I think we, we just never get there. Now, people may not be used to, to like those digital knobs. You know, people are right. get used to the button design, but we believe the knob actually brings better experience for consumers. So that's a learning path. Um, but we, we received more feedback about the software. Like the first, the most common software that we receive, especially in the starting of the business, early phases, like you are missing features. You, Garmin has this, Garmin has that. Why do you have this? Why do you have that? And then it, it's, it's challenging. Like Garmin has been doing those features for 10 years and right. I just can't do it within a year to achieve all their features and then and on the other side i can't wait until we have all the features before releasing the products you know we need to have cash flow we need to have revenue to keep going if if i need to wait for a complete product the company won't be exist anymore so it's it's a compromise like you need to pick a point if you feel like the product is almost ready mm-hmm. ready to go and launch it to the market and keep you know we will we, we can promise a few features that will come soon. Right. But meanwhile, you have to make sure you deliver to the date. Um, so that was a pretty tough time. Like when we had the pace out, when we had the first version of Apex, it doesn't have the navigation, but we promise that we, there will be a navigation. Right. Um, that wait is pretty tough. You have consumers knocking door, everything. Not the actual door, but uh, <laughs> emails, you know, phone calls every day. Where is y'all? navigation and then you know we don't want to release a buggy firmware with a navigation if it's not being tested throughout um so uh, that's tough and then you know we just tell ourselves to be patient you have to be patient be nice to everybody try our best to explain among if we rush the firmware development it's only going to be harmful for your experience it's not going to be anything good 
So those those early days, Lewis, when you're checking your email and it's like, I want navigation. I want navigation. And then you're like, oh, God, we've got to get that navigation. But but now as you progress, I mean, do you go on, you know, the, the ultra runner forums uh, online, the forums and see when people are talking watches and every time you, I mean, cause I'll tell you when I go on, on, on ultra running forums and I go on like Reddit ultra running and people are like, Hey, what mm-hmm. podcast do you listen to while running? When someone types in the adventure jogger and it's not me, I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> do you, yeah. when you see glowing reactions and recommendations mm-hmm. to your product, mm-hmm. that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely feels good. I feels good actually because people do enjoy using our products and they feel inspired to promote us or to recommend us to their friends. Um, and I, I gotta watch, you know, talk about features again, although we do have a lot of features requested by the users, mm-hmm. but I will say the best features are usually not being requested by users. Um, no offense to users, but users <laughs> usually take what competitor has and tell you, you got to do it. Right. right. Uh, but that's only, you know, the best chance you can achieve is to the same level of a competitor. Like you cannot exceed them if you just follow their path. Right. So I don't know. Have you tried the track run mode the by wh- yourself? The which one? Track run. I've not tried the track run mode yet. Is that kind you know, of your, that's, I saw on the, on the website, that's kind of like your, that's amazing. Your thing. You know, people just get used to do, have you noticed your, if you run on track for like 20 laps, the, the track, the track just goes everywhere. Like right. It never stays in the single lane that you, you actually run. Right. But in the trail, it, it works really well. And most of watches, if it's open environment, your track is actually on the trail that you run. Yeah, but on the track, you thought it's open, it's beautiful skies, but the track just goes everywhere. Well, the, that's the problem is your watch is on your body is all, always on one side of your watch, mm-hmm. and depending on where the satellite located on the sky, your body is always blocking the signal for the same spot for the same time for each lap. Yeah, well, one lap might be okay, but twenty laps it brings a discrepancy pretty significantly. And if you run on track, you want it to be accurate. You you want the most accurate distance. But right. actually, and people actually are getting used to those messy tracks. When we had our track rumble launch, yeah, and the track is actually actually in the lane that you run, they think, hey, you're giving me fake tracks. This is fake. <laughs> no, it's not fake. This is the <laughs> actual lane you run. How do you explain this, right? No, maybe Garmin has done a good job telling customers like, "Hey, your track run is not just be messy. You know, you sh- you're not deserved for a track a accurate track run." Okay, so I, I have a feeling that there wasn't a moment where Lewis Wu was throwing his battery pack to the ground, saying, "I'm never going to charge my watch again in the middle of a race." But there was a moment where you were doing a track run and you got back and downloaded your data and said, "Damn it, I'm all over the place. Can't we make a watch that, that shows what lane I'm in?" Right, right, right. So, well, that, that's a good story too. I'll have my you know, marketing department write it down. Let's take a next episode on this. That's right. We just feel like it's a missing, it's a missing feel. Like I don't know why people don't pay attention to it. This is not right. You know, we have to give the best data when people are doing track workouts. So that's why we have our special, unique algorithm that's beauty. It's, by the way, it's been patented, so no competitor will steal it. Steal it. 
Uh, so you better buy a Goros watch if you want to have a track extra data from the track. Take that, Polar. <laughs> <laughs> right? so, but now, you know, this innovative mode is, was never brought up by any of our consumers, right? They, because they got used to it. But now, because of our engineers, because of our mindset, they keep doing something better for the, for the runners that we have that building. You know, we can give those examples out one by one, even, for, even more. I, I hate to bring up Apple again, but I think they're one of those brands that do things very well. Um, one of the things they're known for is the unboxing, right? When you purchase a product, it is a very sexy opening experience. Right. I mean, it's the way the box just fits together and slides and you've got this in here and that in there. And I noticed a very similar unboxing experience with your watches. What, did you guys sit down and say, we want to make... The, un the the opening of the package an experience? Mm, I don't think we have a very specific meeting talking about unboxing experience, but our art director, he's a genius. So he designed all the watches and he designed that packaging experience too. You know, uh, I have no say on that at all. He made that decision. Look you know, at he say this is good this is the best color this is the best way to do it all right all right i, I like the experience lewis you can go ahead and tell him i had a good time opening my watch as much as you can have a good time opening a box seems uh, like he's doing a good job so far so yeah, i'm yeah, glad to yeah. hear this this is his next that. his next performance review just say hey uh i was doing a interview on this tertiary running podcast called the adventure jogger and the guy gave you some major props for the unboxing experience so you're you're you're, you're doing yeah, pretty you're pretty well okay. um you guys brought some big names of running onto your team mm -hmm. um camille heron being one of them um when you approach these runners with this kind of new product what was their response to you know you guys reaching out and saying hey you may not have heard of us but we'd mm -hmm. like you to be on our team mm -hmm. at very very early stage that's a, a very good story to be shared. Uh, when I joined Carl's, I was from a consumer electronics background. Yeah. I know zero person in the industry. I probably have only run my first 10K six months ago. Yeah. So I have almost zero <laughs> running experience too. But, you know, I was searching on Strava for, Strava has a page for Strava Pro Athlete, yeah. whatever. Pro Athlete has a little a different icon. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was searching everybody in California because I know they're closer. Yeah. And I went down, I, I was trying, I was starting to send spam emails to everybody. Are you interested in testing a watch that has never been launched before? Yeah. Now we are a new brand. Try, check this out. I probably have sent you know, 50 to 80 emails out to a variety of California athletes and luckily there are two that got back to me uh, one <laughs> two you know, two yeah they're nice <laughs> um Dom uh Dominic Grossman yeah he's a Southern California trail runner he yeah. got back to me he said because he is an engineer yeah so I think he is a little bit different from the other athletes more of like you know, pure full-time professional athlete, you know, a usual athlete is a good marketer for themselves, mm -hmm. but they're never a, an engineer. And because Dom is an engineer, he's more into like, how do you guys design this? And from an engineering perspective, I'm curious to see it. So I, 
I drove to Wrightwood, met with him, you know, just the pace watch, the pace prototype. I give it to him with a, a handful of different bugs. It can't even read the elevation correctly when I was when I had a first run with him. Uh, but I presented that, you know, I'm trying to sell the future to him. Right. Look, if you work with us, here are the amazing future. Here's are the watches that we're going to launch for the next, you know, 12 months. Yeah. Uh, and I asked him, are you, are you gambling on us? Like, you just make a bet that this company is going to be successful. <laughs> no, he did. He make a, you know, he made a good decision. He supported us. Um, he, you know, he helped us report out quite a lot of bugs. And for some reason, the the place that he lives has a very unique spot where most of what GPS watches doesn't do a good job over there. Maybe there's tower somewhere just yeah. on that particular spot. Um, so so we fixed them. And then, as I said, the running community was just so nice. One people can introduce you to a lot of more. And he introduced me to Sally McRae. Mm-hmm. She's a Southern California runner. Yeah. And actually, I've been following Sally for a long time. She, she lives in Orange County too, same, yeah. as, same as I do. So I met with her, you know, then that's how we grow the area, you know, one by one, just right. bigger and bigger. And with Camille, I don't know if you have enough time, I can tell another story. Yeah, about please Camille. do. Yeah. That's really interesting is Camille was just treated as a beta tester for us. We sent her a prototype of pace as well. Mm-hmm. And she didn't using it. Um, I don't know how serious she was by that time she used it. And then she was never a sponsor athlete for us at all. So she doesn't need to tell us what she is going to do. Yeah. Until I was having lunch with my team on a Friday, checking Instagram. I saw her post, Hey, I'm going to run for 24 hours world record tomorrow. Say, you know, probably with a pace watch, you know, I was happy to see she mentioned about she has a pace watch and maybe I'll use this watch to track me. Yeah. And I say, wait a minute, that doesn't work. Pace is only claimed to have 25 hours GPS time, <laughs> meaning there's a chance your watch may die you know, near the end of your run. <laughs> that could mess up a lot of things. So, and we say the best way is have her using Apex and Apex was about launch or, or right after launch, I forgot about it, but we ran out of Apex inventory as well. So I literally just took off the Apex from my wrist. <laughs> you know, it's a prototype engineering watch. Give it to my coworker, tell her, give it to Camille. And it's lunchtime. Camille is going to sleep about 9 p.m. for the same day or no, yeah. 10 p.m. probably. Yeah. And he was in Arizona. She was in Phoenix and we were in Southern California. And the driving takes six hours too. <laughs> we were able to speed deliver this Apex to her wrist before she went to sleep and help her to configure all the data that she wants for the next day. You know, thanks for the David. He's amazing. He's part of my my team. So, <laughs> you're, you're, so what you're saying is when Camille Heron uh, attempted that 24 hour record, she was mm-hmm. wearing a watch that said property of Lewis Wu on it. <laughs> you wrote, you wrote <laughs> I don't know if I have my name on it, but uh, <laughs> I've been using that watch. So yeah. And then the, the next morning she did it, you know, yeah. we all know the story and you know, we we're just very excited. And uh, you know, I think that's the first time Camille helped us to get our name in front of the mainstream yeah. running community. Like people start noticing when Camille did her 24 hours attempts, world record, and the watch had 32 better life remaining after 24 hours. So that's a very good quote that we put in front of a lot of people. 
You can't buy that kind of publicity. Yeah, that, 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 that right there was worth driving six hours to to for give her sure, to sure. give her your watch. I, I, gave him a lot of I, I forgot if I give him pay raise after that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I still owe him something. <laughs> right. Uh, real quick, I I I met Dominic Grossman in person probably three years ago. Um, what was your? Because you saw you see his mustache in pictures. What was your reaction to his mustache in person, Lewis? I I feel like it's it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> well, we do have other athlete has mustache too. Hayden, Hayden Hawk says that too. That that's that's very that's very I, true. I got Hayden to China and Hayden got a nickname of Little Mustache. <laughs> all Chinese runners, yeah, we call call him Little Mustache. Does Does Hayden Hawks and Dominic Grossman call you and say, listen? Lewis, we love what you're doing. What we'd really like is a is a heart rate strap that goes over our mustaches. That's what we're really. That's what we're, yeah, well, uh, we're developed by Dominic Grossman. Right? We'll have that in mind. So, what does the future hold for Koros, Lewis? Well, yeah, we always have to plan for five years, for 10 years, uh, because it's a long run. It's extreme life, probably mm-hmm. life, lifelong. So we'll continue to keep folks in the performance industry, but there are two ways you can go for it. One is you've established a very good brand in your core like athletic performance mm-hmm. with the higher end products, and you go down to the mainstream consumers, right? You you basically you sell a very expensive good gear at a lower cost to someone right. else and right. will buy it. Yeah. That's one way. Another way is keep developing more devices for still for athletes you know it can be more than a watch i mean some other technology products um down the road we feel like the second road the second way is probably a better fit for carl's just because we truly enjoy working in this industry um and another way is you know take the name again of why we develop keep pushing constant updates we just use the hardware we make money from the hardware sales and now, you know, the more you introduce to your friends to buy our hardware, they pay for your subscription. So that's the, a business model that we call that we have new users coming every month. They generate our revenue. We use that revenue to develop more features for the existing users. And then we will go beyond that. Basically, it's a service mm-hmm. on top of your device. And then we don't charge that service. So that's how we design our business business model and hopefully that works and it still works and hopefully that works for years um i you know i hope that answers your question about the future of the company can you give us a can you tease us a little bit um you're talking about you did mention that there's a new version of the pace coming out um the vertex is your high-end mountaineering watch um you've got the apex and the apex pro can you give us any hint or tease about something new uh, my PR person will probably kill me <laughs> if I tell you on this. Um, but uh, I'm not afraid of saying that there will be a new version of Pace coming uh, really soon. And okay. with a similar concept of targeting a very, very fast speed, super lightweight, uh, competitive role, either road running or road sports. So anything that can be done in the urban area. So that's the that's a direction. And definitely we are also working on next generation of verdicts, next generation of apex. 
but they're not going to be happen this year. So it's me a while. Okay, so my yeah, I'm yeah. not going to have the old. Um, you're, you're basically what you're saying is. I'm not going to have the out of style watch for another couple of years, right? You're good on this. So okay, very make good. sure you buy another one when the next one's coming out. I'll be very happy. <laughs> okay, um, uh, but it, I've, it, rumors that there's, a, you know, because you guys do the bands as well. Mm-hmm. You guys have the bands. Is there going to be a limited edition Dominic Grossman mustache band? <laughs> I'll have to talk to him. The, the, it's hard to put it into mass production. His supply is just so limited. <laughs> Yeah. Lewis Wu, he's the CEO of Chorus Watches. He's also a trail and ultra runner. Uh, Lewis, before we go, are there any races on your radar once the, the Rona kind of settles down and races happen again that you're looking forward to doing? Yeah, um, it's it's hard to say. I kind of put my plans it's all up in the year. I don't even know when is my next you know international travel will get to be. Okay. Um, there were something planned just like everybody, but it's all up on hold. Uh, yeah, simple answer is I don't have a race in the radar. I'm just keep watching, you know, you know, probably I will have Carlos sponsor the next race that I'm personally going to. Okay. You gotta make me, make me a promise, Lewis, because, um, Carl Meltzer, the speed goat, I don't know if he was one of the 60 emails you sent out trying to get people to, to, uh, to, to be, uh, you know, on your team for watches. But Carl told me, cause he has his own shoe. He's got the, the Hoka speed goat. Right, right, right. Um, and right. he will, when he passes people at races or he sees people in the speed goat out on the trails, he always says nice shoes. Like he'll just say, uh-huh. Hey, nice shoes. All right. If the next race you run Lewis, if you pass someone wearing a chorus, you got to go, Hey, that's a nice watch. I, I, yeah, I'll, I definitely, I'm actually doing that right now when I run on the trail, like if I saw <laughs> someone, but it's actually very difficult to spot someone's watch, like, <laughs> like which brand it is. It's much harder than a shoes or shirt or something. That's why I, we sold way more watches than helmets, but I've actually identified many, many cyclists wearing a helmet just because it's big. It's big on my head. It's easy to be seen. Okay. So just everyone who listens in Southern California, if there is a man looking at your wrists, he's just trying to see if he can say nice watch to you because he's Lewis Wu, the CEO of Coros Watches. Lewis, thank you for joining us on the Adventure Jogger. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoy the conversation with you. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 